0: Hi everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Edge of Fear podcast. This episode was recorded a couple of weeks ago on a Saturday night. I got home late, a little bit high, otherwise sober. It wasn't a very sobering evening... But for some reason, this is where my brain was and I recorded it and just wanted to put it out for you guys so that you see that, you know, I'm not always a goddamn ray of sunshine. So this is by far my most monotone and mumbly episode. And I missed a couple major points, so I will recap them here for you before we get started. So just to set the scene, I'm sitting in a Vietnamese restaurant in Chinatown in Boston with three of my best girlfriends and we are laughing and joking and having a great time and I'm telling them a little bit about my deployment and how me and my platoon that I was deployed with we laughed until we cried regularly and I was just telling them that I felt so myself in certain settings but not all settings and one of the girls who's a school psychologist was just asking me very direct questions and suddenly I'm sitting there hysterically crying With the very clear realization that I felt more me in a foreign country surrounded by strangers than I felt in my own home in my relationship. And it took another three and a half months to quit floating in the shit water that I had been floating in for so long and to pick myself up by the bootstraps and get moving on life and my mantra after I decided that I was actually going to leave because I think right up until literally the moment that I left I still didn't really think I was going to leave even though I had kind of made my decision that I needed to that for my mental health and for my own best interest and for my sanity and and my life I needed to leave we got in so many fights those last two weeks despite his best efforts honestly and I still wasn't sure if I was gonna leave I still didn't know if I could leave and it wasn't until I literally had signed the lease for the new place and told my landlord who was his best friend's older brother it wasn't until I told him that I was leaving that I actually like it started to become serious and so this is the part that's actually I think important uh, for people who are considering leaving their relationships (laughs) good fucking great advice my mantra during this time was friends will be there. When you need them and i would say it to myself every time that i was feeling alone friends will be there when you need them friends will be there when you need them and the important part to remember about it was they don't always know that you need them and so i just basically had all of my friends like on tap at any given moment to be like hey i'm having a fucking mental breakdown can you talk to me or can I come over or whatever? And it was like super effective. I also got my whole friends and family like on board in the days leading up to the breakup and the move. So everybody kind of knew where I was at so that it didn't come as a shock to anyone. And it was super effective. But yeah, so those those were like the two essential things was having my friends and family in the know of what was going on, explaining to them what had happened before I actually left. And then also literally using that mantra of friends will be there when you need them. Friends will be there when you need them. Friends will be there when you need them. I can remember driving out of our apartment for the last time with my car packed to the brim and a moving truck following behind me just like watching the house in the rearview mirror kind of crying hysterically kind of totally crying hysterically and like saying over and over to myself friends will be there when you need them friends will be there when you need them so yeah here we go if you're ready to hear the rest of the story <laughs> it's not a super happy one but you can listen to literally almost any of the other episodes and it will be happy this is just part of my story and I felt compelled to share it with you and even though the darkness that I had been in for a couple of weeks in September and October is now through I feel like it's worth sharing so I love you I'll see you on the other side. Hi friends welcome to the edge of fear podcast hosted by Liz Basil Lewison at Liz without a pillow. Each week, I'll be bringing you some different insights, lessons, and laughs with an end goal of a more empowered and authentically happier human race. Everybody's got a story, and everybody's story is important. Let's do this. It really sucks. It's... I wasn't... It really sucks because I hate to be a bitch. I don't want to be a bitch. I don't want to celebrate it. Leaving because I loved him and I thought we were going to get married, and I never wanted it to go the way it did. But I left and I, my life started. I left again, and then my life started to start, and then I left again, and then my life actually started. And none of the leavings were easy or given I had to choose them each time but what happens is we get stuck in these toxic environments where it's not necessarily us and it's not necessarily the other person or the job or the whatever it's just like the timing of it and I think a lot of times when you like start dating somebody and you're, you know, under twenty-five, that you're just a fucking idiot and you don't know shit from shit and you let yourself get kind of trapped in this like abusive situation where you're being taken advantage of. And it's the same thing, you know, with jobs. And you just like let yourself get taken advantage of and you're underpaid and you're overworked and You don't know how to express yourself. You don't know what you even want. And so that's what I did. I was an idiot. I started dating him when I was 24 and I was a fucking idiot. And I hate to be a bitch and celebrate leaving, but leaving was the first step towards realizing that I'm responsible for my own happiness, which is where I'm at now. And, like, if I'm unhappy... I have the choice to do something about it in every single aspect of my life, whether it's my relationship or my job or my education or my family life. That's it. That's it. The moment you realize that it's nobody else's fault that you're fucking miserable, (laughs) the moment that you realize that the only way you're going to stop being fucking miserable is by taking ownership of it. Is the moment you either give up or you start living. So we're all there. We're all on the edge of fear. We're afraid to give something up to be better. What do we have to give up to be better? Give up our story that men ain't shit. Or that I'm not smart enough to do that. Or I'm not brave enough to do that. It was lucky for her. He's just so lucky Everything just works out for him. You think maybe some of the people that you think life is better for them, they're just hiding the hard parts. You're only seeing some of it. I mean, that's literally what the highlight reel is. That's what everybody's talking about. You got that? That's real. So I feel like a super bitch for leaving because I loved him very much. I mean, and I honestly still do. And it's really not easy to break up with somebody but when you're just like your worst I was my worst self I said on a date like I don't know four months after we broke up (laughs) this is fucked up um on a first date I, I said that uh he was so lucky to meet me because I was my best self I had ever been in my life to that point that I that I was aware of. Um, and he was like, that's a really cool thing to say. I don't know if anybody's ever said that to me. Um, but I really felt like it. And so it's so funny and crazy that now is about a year later. And I am definitely a better self than I was a year ago. And I think that that just speaks such volumes to what we're capable of when we do the thing that is the scariest. And so leaving him was scary. It wasn't the scariest. Leaving for the deployment before that was a lot scarier. There would have been a whole year of buildup and anxiety. In the Army Reserves, they're supposed to tell you, like, three to six months before you deploy. Like, that's what's required, I think, is, like, actually, probably, like, a month is required, and possibly even, like, zero minutes. Like, okay, we're going now, Um, as long as you're, like, you're green, is what we say. You're you're a go and not a no go. Deployable, what the fuck is the word? Mission ready. And and they told us a year before we deployed. A year. So I actually had been contemplating breaking up for about maybe like two months. This is in 2015. We've been dating a a little over a year. And I've been thinking about breaking up with him since right around our one year. And then I find out I'm getting deployed. So I break up with him. We're getting deployed next year. I love you. And if only this wasn't happening, maybe things would work. Before that, years earlier... Um, I had volunteered to go in an open relationship with my boyfriend in college because he was going to do a semester abroad. And I was like, there's no way he could do a semester abroad without cheating on me. My first boyfriend had cheated on me. I joke and say with 16 girls, but I actually have no idea how many girls could have been more, could have been less. I know about. Six for sure. But so that really fucked me up. So, my first boyfriend in college tells me he's going away for an abroad study. And so, I'm like, cool, well, let's just like keep in touch. (laughs) LOL. And I want to be with you, but I'm really not sure how it can work. So, why don't we just like open the doors and see, you know, how we feel? and I didn't know how to say the truth, which was, I'm afraid that you're going to cheat on me, and I'm very broken from my past relationship, and I hurt, and I don't want you to leave, and you leaving scares me, and I love you very much, um, and we're too young to be this in love, and all of the other fears that I had and always have in every relationship. And... He left, and my memory is that this was like during like Facebook videoing, if anybody remembers taking videos on your MacBook and um, posting them to people's walls, it was like there was like maybe like six months where we were doing this as like uh, sophomores in college, so 2009. Yeah. yeah, I would say like exactly that, like spring and summer 2009. I think I wrote like a post and a video or two posts on his Facebook wall and like messaged him on Facebook one time and he like maybe called me like twice but cell phones were like not what they are now and so it was like not that crazy but it was totally inexcusable is like what my perspective was and like that of my friends although I'm sure his version is different but we didn't talk all summer and so when he got back we stayed together for like two weeks maybe three and broke up so i like classically was afraid of any kind of long distance because i didn't feel like i was enough um for any man to stay faithful after being cheated on in the first relationship and that not enoughness came from also from also being the second child and always competing for that first child love from the whole family the oldest cousin too (laughs) and so never being as smart as katie never being as good as katie and then like for my dad like he just always wanted me to be more so more aggressive faster more disciplined less boyfriends <laughs> um and so i just had this like this conception this understanding perception that no matter what i did it would never be good enough for him um but he also did say things like um like we would win a soccer game and he'd be driving me home and I'm sitting up in the front seat, like, you know, rolling my shin guard, peeling my shin guards off and rolling my knee-high soccer socks down. And uh and he would be like, you know, that breakaway was great. That breakaway was good, but maybe next time but next time you should do this. Or uh I would do awesome. And he would, like, say something about why I didn't start the game. You know, like, a thing that I wasn't even, like, worried about. I was just like, damn, I played great. And he was like, yeah, why didn't you start, though? I can't believe that coach, blah, 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 blah. And so it was just always this, like, constant feeling of, like, I'm not good enough. And, like, I can't keep a man. So I was pretty fucked up from it. And so the fear of staying with my ex um in boston when i was so unhappy i wasn't so unhappy the first year the fear of staying with him when i wasn't already like through the moon for another year and then the deployment and having it knowing how i felt about like long-distance relationships and that was something that we'd already talked about it just seemed stupid and so because we had talked about it like months earlier like six months earlier basically like had the conversation if i was deployed would we stay together or not but it had been another six months and then at this point we were together for a year and it just was crazy but i really wanted to break up with him because i'd already been thinking about breaking up with him for two years so this was totally my fucking bad was being a little bitch and blaming it on something that it wasn't because then when he like consoled me and said you know we'll we'll make it through a deployment which we motherfucking did to a year later um you know i had nothing to combat that with it was like yeah you're right we we probably can make it like i'm not a fucking cheater neither are you so seems plausible um so the anxiety the year leading up to the deployment because I was certain he was going to cheat on me. I mean, my, like, jealousy came out and my, like, micromanaging his decisions and my resentment, my anger at him for not, like, understanding more. I mean, it was just, like, the most anxious year. Um, you know, I was not in therapy yet, but I definitely should have been. We did, like, so much... We did so much that year. So I, like, demanded a raise at work. That was, like, my first badass thing, but it was actually, like, not a demand at all. I literally went in, like, crying to my manager's office, called a meeting, came in, because we were working together anyway, so I just came in a little early, and fucking broke down to her in the office, saying, like, I feel completely (laughs) underappreciated. and underpaid and overworked um and that they had promised me a position like six months earlier but then when I told them I was deploying which is totally illegal they didn't give me the fucking promotion but I ended up leaving two years later like basically basically still money related but you know among other things and it was just wild how much... Oh, yeah. So we traveled that whole year. So I got my raids at work. And then we were gone every weekend. We were, like, in New York for... No, we were at... We were in Boston for Thanksgiving. And then we went home for Christmas. And we were in Boston for New Year's Eve. And then in January, we were in, like, New York. And then Vermont... We had his surprise birthday party that I threw with one of the other girlfriends for two other guys. It was so much fun. We fought the whole time because he was pretty sure that there was a surprise party being planned for him. And he didn't like that I was being sneaky about things. And like, there was just so much anger and resentment Because I was gonna be leaving. So I was angry and resentful, and he was angry and resentful. And then we were in Chicago, and then we were in New York. My friends threw me a surprise going away party in New York. Shout out to everybody who came to that surprise party. Fucking Eamon came from goddamn Pittsburgh. That was wild. Love you, Eamon. And then I came back to Boston and had a going away party. And we had, like, a couple of great last weekends, and then we were in D.C. for, like, an army thing, and my dad and I got in a fight over some stupid shit, but it was a real fucking fight, and did, uh, and my ex, like like, I left the table crying, like, ran away from the table, like, crying. So My dad was being a dick. My birthday weekend is um, Kentucky Derby every year. My dad is an avid gambler. And he had to watch the Kentucky Derby, which is like, you know, a 30-second race. Uh, But he and my mom came to D.C. for what's called a yellow ribbon. So before you deploy, they make soldiers go to this as like an educational weekend and it's really great information but can probably be like sent in an email and then you can like decide if you fucking care about it or not because for not married couples it's not fucking important and i would have much rather like learned that i could like like not pay interest on any credit cards and not be penalized for it defer payments you know park a car in certain states in like garages for like super super discounted prices and shit like that and like take your you know get your insurance taken off of the car or whatever. But all kinds of like money saving things because like soldiers are like fucking financially retarded. Um probably shouldn't say retarded. Wait, I just heard that word came back though. Dave Chappelle's trying to bring it back. I'll leave it. So so anyway The anxiety was real. But when I broke up with him, I got back from the deployment. We stayed together for a whole year. And I lived with him for nine months before I broke up with him. And the full time I was like in therapy, I was actively telling him I was like depressed and not right and things were wrong. And I needed, like, we got a massive fight. Um, I actually wasn't even a fight. We got a massive fight after this conversation. But we had like a really good talk like a really deep conversation (sighs) I can't even leave this detail out because this is massive his best friend died out of nowhere like his like his number one like his like maybe he would have been the best man for friend died suddenly out of nowhere and I had already been telling him for three months that I was depressed and I couldn't do it anymore but I would only moved in a month earlier. And so she was really fucked up. So it was six months after his buddy died. Rest in peace, Joe. So six months later, we're really trying. We went on a vacation He bought me tickets to see Joe Rogan a week before my 29th birthday. Two weeks before my 29th birthday, the 420 show in Boston. And it was honestly just, like, fight after fight after fight. Even, like, getting ready for the Joe Rogan show, I put on, like, this, like, sexy, tight, like, velvet bodysuit, high-waisted jeans, and heels. I come down with makeup on. He has a baseball hat on. He says, you're wearing that. I really thought I looked good. I already have a problem with thinking I'm not enough. Why would you say that? It honestly feels like this was like so many lifetimes ago. (sighs) Because I just can't even imagine what I would say to somebody at this juncture in time if they said that to me. Um, And honestly, that's what the podcast is for. I'm gonna leave you on that I broke up with him and then life started four months after we broke up I resigned from my job I gave them four weeks notice another month later roughly I had a one-way ticket in my hand to Germany for 300 bucks um and really no plan other than the first friend's place that I was staying at an Airbnb in Berlin shout out to Abby um all right I obviously forgot to sing a song. So when will my life begin? I've been wondering, wondering, wondering and wondering when will my life begin? Um, I'm not saying break up with your break up with your girlfriend because I'm bored. <laughs> you can hit it in the morning. OK, Um, I'm not saying to break up with your significant others. I am saying that you decide, you choose if you're going to be happy or not. You choose if you're going to be happy in your relationship. You choose if you're going to be happy in your job. You choose if you're going to express yourself powerfully and fully. And if you're not, and if you're not going to have honest relationships where you speak authentically um, and really demand respect you are going to end up unhappy. So breakups are hard. I love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find me on Instagram at Liz Without a Pillow. If you loved what you listened to or know somebody that would, please share it. Screenshot the episode in the podcast app, share it to your Instagram story and tag me. If you'd like to lend your personal support, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be so grateful. Tune in next week for a brand new episode. See you then.